0: Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 138 of Death Readers, the podcast where Rob and I read books for the first time and discuss them here on the podcast. In this episode, we are going to be reading, or rather finishing, The Silence of the Lambs by Thomas Harris, chapters 48 to the end of the book. Welcome to the book wrap party. This, we've been reading this book for a long time, and we're finally done with it. Ages, it seems. Do you have any uh, housekeeping before we jump into the first chapter?
1: I don't believe I do, Doug. Do you?
0: No, I don't I don't at all. I'd rather I'd want to just get started. Oh, yeah? Um yep.
1: Soon begun is half done, right? Is that how they say it? No. Well well begun is half done. Soon as begun, soon it's done. Soon penny begat is a penny erd. Soon
0: begat will wear a hat. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let us begin with
1: Chapter 48
0: Do you have a fun Do you have a fun like title? For no, that? I'm not, oh, doing you're that. not doing that That was a that
1: was one-off Okay <laughs> um, Except for when I do <laughs> Okay It was a one-off
0: For the other times I did it Not doing it this time, but I will do it again <laughs> That's exactly how one-offs work Yes, um, yes it is Okay, summary of chapter 48. Oh, actually. Uh-oh. Maybe I do. Uh-oh. This is going to be the best no, no, climax. <laughs> um, you're right. <laughs> um Okay. Summary. Another two-page chapter. Here Starling asks Crawford to send her to investigate the previous victim's homes to see what she can determine about how Buffalo Bill hunts. Crawford was busy buying Bella's coffin and hands Clarice all his money, $300 and a personal check to get started. That's, that's it. I mean, yeah.
1: Well, I, I, I said there's just a lot of people being people in this chapter. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of small moments that I liked in this. Clary's trying and failing to connect with Jack, Jack making just bad jokes because his mind's scattered, and then his driver, Jeff, being late on purpose so Jack has an excuse to yell at him and take out some frustration on him, and and I I, I liked all of that.
0: It's a lot of little
1: moments, that's for sure. A lot of people being people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, what's the next jack <laughs>
1: you're a monster
0: I'm not a monster i'm <laughs> I I just I will get to uh my I have I have complaints about I have complaints about these short chapters
1: oh. uh
0: and this is one of them where it's like okay okay you did that's what happens so if do you have any more notes in that chapter I don't uh, well then where does that lead us
1: chapter 49.
0: Summary. Catherine successfully captures Precious and bargains with Gum in an attempt to get him to bring her a phone in exchange for his dog's safety.
1: I liked, in this chapter, how easy it is to sympathize with James Gum amidst all of his awfulness.
0: Oh, you think so? You think it was easy to sympathize with him?
1: Yeah. Why? Worried about his dog? Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. Like to, to, to To feel his urgent terror... And be like, oh shit, I'd feel that way too. And then you realize, oh shit, I'm sorry, I'm I'm sympathizing with this monster.
0: Yeah. I uh, I can appreciate that. It's just like for me, I, I have a hard time making that, you know, making that jump to appreciating that it's sympathy because he's so awful. Sure. Um, you know, there's so many. But other again, things. I said
1: empathy. Sure. I might have said sympathy. I don't know what you said. I don't know
0: either. It's just a small little human moment that I didn't really
1: You don't, you don't connect with humans. I get it.
0: Yeah, give me that dog, and I'll connect with the dog. But um, jeez.
1: Um. So, did you not like this chapter then? Because it's what sounded like you were no. My again,
0: my my. At this point in the book, like this whole section uh, of of, that's in this episode has just been. I've been impatient with it because because uh, it's so much of it is just stuff I know I've seen. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm reading, and I'm not getting a lot more out of the reading than I did the watching. So, like, there's – and that coupled with, like, you know, like, the way – and I talk about this in one of my notes um, later is, like, the way that we structure our show is to break down the book by chapters. So, when the chapters are so small, I have to break them down to some degree. But when so little happens – when they're when they're really – when they're character-building chapters – Mm-hmm. it's difficult to have much to say about them. So it became like, it became frustrating to like try to do the work mm-hmm. because of the way these chapters are structured.
1: Like we you say no notes and then give a broad view of a couple chapters all at once.
0: Nah. Um, okay. But because then I'd have to tell you that that's what we were doing before. And anyway, it's it's fine just to keep it the way, to go in the way we're going. It's just like, there's a chapter later where it's literally like two pages of just a SWAT team driving in a van.
1: Yeah, I don't have any notes and, for that chapter.
0: No, I know, but like I, I also have to write the summary, and it's hard to write the summary on. This it's, is a chapter of just guys sitting. Do in a SWAT what team.
1: I do, and say SWAT team driving in a van. Rob, you got any notes?
0: <laughs> right, but I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it. I'm trying to do it for people who haven't read it.
1: And- Again, SWAT team driving in a van, and they shouldn't. They should have read it if they're listening to this. But they you can't, don't. You we can't know that carry they the world, Doug. You're not Atlas.
0: No, it's fine. We we I, I can uh I. Am and even s- if you are
1: Atlas, shrug.
0: No, my my situation is that I I need to be not like Atlas, but more like Sisyphus, and find pleasure in my
1: struggle. Mm. You could try to be like Prometheus, but you don't have the guts. This that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'll live her alone.
0: Oh my god, I don't even know what you're doing. I mean, I know what you're doing, I just don't know why. It just feels like it feels weird. Um uh, anyway, so yeah, that's that's what she 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 finally captures the dog, her trap or whatever she did worked. She threatens him, insisting that the dog is injured and that she'll kill him. She'll kill the dog.
1: You don't know what pain is.
0: Yeah, you don't know what pain is. That uh, it's it's a great scene in the movie. It's hard it's again, it's hard to really uh love. It's just a classic, it's hard hard to read the book after seeing the movie, thing. But uh, do you have any more notes on that chapter? No. All right, let's move on to chapter fifty. Okay. Uh, summary: Clarice visits the Bimmel house, home of Buffalo Bill's first victim, meets Frederica Bimmel's father, who permits her to inspect her his daughter's bedroom. So again, it's it's. Uh, I think in this one we see a lot of like, the dirty town that she came from that her father has a bunch of pigeons or, or b- bird feeders outside or coops lots of lots of grossness in this this chapter lots of gross mundanity
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh you have any notes on that one nope all right well that brings us to
1: chapter 51.
0: The doctor from Johns Hopkins calls Crawford and tells him a story about James Gum attacking a doctor after being rejected for sex reassignment surgery. So, basically, it's that that we get confirmation that there that there was a guy who was doing this, who is is our guy, mm-hmm. and uh, Crawford or, or Lecter's suggestion or however we got or I forget how now how we got here. I think it was Lecter told Clarice to look for this. She did. Finally, it's bore fruit. And uh, all that hassle we experienced earlier in the book where Crawford is interacting with this doctor and they're having that weird sort of, like, each of them trying to be on the right side of appreciating uh people seeking sex reassignment surgeries, privacy, and also their, you know, individuality. All, the, all that stuff is, like, finally, like, okay, yes, but there was also a, a, a crazy person. Right. Who's separate from the... Average person going to Johns Hopkins for that uh, procedure, and and here I, I wrote, I do have one. I have an overall note for this chapter, which is I have just. One too, but what's yours? Am I foolish for expecting the brilliant fake out twist from the movie where Crawford raids the wrong house to not take place in this book? And the answer or we've we've read the books. So the answer is sort of. Like they don't have the the editing is too good in the movie to right be depicted right. In the it's book. it's
1: implied in the in the book, but it's it's not as successful or maybe that's a bit be, as best as a book can do.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, I this, feel like at, these. Sorry, you no. Know, at, at the point when Clarice does go to his house is the point where you you don't expect to see her there, as opposed to you don't expect to see like like in the movie you expect the raid to happen I guess, I guess it kind of happens in the book the same way we're right because like, the expect- FBI' is
1: about to ring the bell we cut to right. Jane Gum who someone's ringing his bell right it's as close as the book can get right. and that's what I, th- I think that's why these chapters are so short it's trying to imply a rising action
0: oh yeah it makes sense it's just again it, it just undermines our format
1: sure um I like this little chapter because it felt like the writing was mirroring Jack's mood he's completely distracted by Bella's death and his mind is just scattered and it keeps like drifting and then coming back. And that, mm-hmm. that, that, that's what it felt like the narrative was doing. And, and that I, I, I was digging that uh, uh, device. Yeah. But that's all I had. Cause it is, you know, short.
0: Yeah. Um, similarly, we can move on to chapter 52. Clarice searches Frederica's bedroom and reflects on all of Buffalo Bill's murder victims. She makes the connection that he is searching for large women to make into a skin suit. I feel like this information is information she should have already known. Is that my fault? I am... Am I misremembering non-diegetic information? Does that word only apply to music? Or can it refer to anything in fiction is either known in, in the real world or only information for the reader? Is there another term for that? I just had a bunch of, like... Cascading sure. questions around that.
1: That's fine. That's fine. We can get into it because of the movie I watched last night. Oh, yeah. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, <sighs> I, feel amb- uh, I feel anxiety about trying to say his name again. Okay. Because I'm just not used to it, but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, Ki Hui Quinn's. Martial arts was referred to as diegetic in some oh, okay. of the stuff I was reading about the movie. Okay. Which is why I can I feel confident that it can just mean within the story or outside of it. Right. Um I think you're mixing up and this this is a big like fulcrum of the story in the movie. Um, and that's why it's confusing you here. Because we already know he's making a skin suit. Yes. The reveal in the book is that Clarice realizes he's really good at sewing. Mm-hmm. He's not just stapling skin together. Oh, okay. That's her, what she's going, her, her aha moment. Oh, okay. When she sees the dart, she goes, oh, he can fucking sew. In the movie, this is where we find out he's making his skins, or where she finds out he's making a skin suit. Right. Because Lecter doesn't give her the crude, he's making a vest with tits on it. Right, right. So that, So it's the movie's aha moment, where in the book it's just, uh, a tweak of what she understands.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cause I, a lot, there's these moments in these chapters where, uh, the text switches to italics, mm-hmm. which are clearly like Clarice's internal thoughts, mm-hmm. like her, her self-speak. Um, but, and in those, I think there's a couple of moments where she has that experience of being like, Oh, did, uh, what did Lecter say? And she goes over, she reviews the things he said before and she's putting the pieces together and some of them are things like asking Clarice if she can sew. Right. And uh, so that, that was the part that was confusing me. It's like, is she just, is she putting all the pieces together now or are we supposed to be putting the pieces together now even though we've known he's been sewing for a while? Right. Anyway, right. yeah. Um, The uh,
1: only... I think she was imagining a Leatherface style suit, yeah, not a you know ha- haute couture right outfit.
0: The only, um, the only note I have here, which I might not really want to get into, but I wrote it so, is on uh, page three sixteen for me. Uh, quote. Starling wondered if he thought she of
1: thought women's skins. Well, I could
0: say, I, you could let me say it. Let no, no, s-
1: I wanted you to understand that I have a note about this too. But go okay, ahead.
0: Okay, okay. Starling wondered if he thought of women like skins the same way some Cretans call them. Yes. Uh, and my note is that I found this interesting because it brings to mind the versatility of that word.
1: Interesting. This
0: description is usually how I hear it when I when used uh, when used to describe a woman. Uh, a sexist degrading of a person down to their genitals, as if to say that is what you—that's where your only value lies. Right. Uh, and I—I have had conversations with other people where they have informed me that to them, uh, that word actually calls to mind more, more like calling someone like a, a bitch, like like it's, it's more like criticizing them as rude and hateful or having like a, a an obnoxious attitude, mm-hmm. as opposed to degrading them as a human. And I just found it, like, it, was, it just brought to mind, like, oh, yeah, this is a word that has versatility in an interesting kind of way. Interesting,
1: interesting. Beyond um,
0: beyond the way that we also know that, like, there are some other English-speaking countries where that word also means an entirely different thing. It's it's a, as far as I can tell, because it's I don't think it's ever been used out to me in this way, but as sort of like a playful, friendly kind of term.
1: Although it probably still stems from similar roots, I liked this line and and it caught my attention because its crudeness is so provocative, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it just it it felt like it encapsulated Harris's fascination with um, what I'm going to call distasteful empathy Mm. that Will Graham and Clarice does like as like like reading that line Starling wondered if he thought of women as skins. The way some Cretans refer to them as. If you if you're just reading it, you might go, "Oh, I didn't want to see that word." But it's showing Starling going, "I'm putting myself in their head space, to see that, and using it to describe the people who use that word." Yeah, Does that make she, sense.
0: Yeah, because she's saying like, "Oh, he is a." Uh, well, he is a Cretan in 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 his own way. Like like right. beyond being a monstrous murderer, he's also like a person who's objectifying women. But in she's a very also specific way.
1: opening herself up to that thought process to kind of taste that person's mind, if you will. Sure, sure. And it, it just it just it just feels like it's it's Will Graham, Clarice all put together, and, and and Thomas Harris being able to do that and knowing it's kind of gross to put your mind there, but it helps yeah. you. See from other people's point of view, and it's just—it it was kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, other things I liked in this chapter, I liked the line: "The anger wandered somewhere else in him." Hmm. When the when the dad was just like, "Oh, he's not pissed at her specifically. He just has this emotion he can't process." Yeah. Um, I liked her frustration with the reporting officer saying that she was wearing a green outfit. the the the, the missing girl. Yeah, like, yeah, Just says green (laughs) outfit. and She's like, fucking really? Uh, I thought it was kind of a heartbreaking chapter just watching Starling process all the empathy of, you know, how Frederica might have been feeling about her dirty house and dirty town and dirty part of town.
0: Like her eagerness to escape became her vulnerability.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and just watching her have to do that. Just like how sad must she have been and having to put her mind in this low place to go like, uh, and like, Jesus, that must suck to have that as your job. Um, and then the last one, oh problem solving is hunting. It is a savage savage pleasure, and we are born to it. It's another good mm-hmm. line. Yeah. Things I liked in this chapter.
0: Yeah. Any other notes in this one? No, let's move on
1: to chapter 53.
0: Starling informs Jerry Burroughs of Buffalo Bill's suing ability, and Burroughs informs her that Bill's real name is James Gum. and that Crawford and local agents in the Chicago and Columet area are practicing, to raid, or excuse me, are preparing to raid his residence. Starling rejoices in her success, which is mixed with the disappointment of not being the one who gets to physically collar gum. Starling asks Frederica's father a few more questions before leaving.
1: So, my only chapter, or my only note in this chapter is Harris showed with Dollar hide he's only telling with James Gum, mm. i.e. the info dump here. Mm -hmm. about jim gum killing his grandparents uh it does make sense to me because this book is about clarice more than red dragon was about characters red dragon felt like it was about the process of the hunt it was harris sitting down to go like what a lot of people have these serial killer books but i'm going to write what it's realistically like and i'm probably going to interview fbi agents and and you know write down the process of catching a serial killer and so it made i guess it makes more sense to go into dollar Hyde's backstory more but it still feels a little flat
0: well, I mean, you're definitely missing all those flashbacks that were in Red Dragon. All of the like. No, I'm going including facts.
1: those. I'm specifically talking about that. No,
0: no, no. I'm saying this book is missing them. Oh,
1: oh! I think you said I was missing.
0: No, it. no, no, no. Uh, apologies. Yes,
1: yes. And and so there's like a. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Th- this book is missing. That's. I'm just saying. I, I understand where you're coming from. Is this book is missing that first person perspective, of going into the past to show the thought process that went into James Gums murdering of his grandparents and the horrible things he did. Whereas with Francis Dollarhide, we got that a lot. So that's,
1: that's my question. Is the book missing it or is it just lacking it? Does, is the book lesser because of it?
0: Right, right. Um, I don't think so. I mean,
1: he's I, not as rich, but is that important?
0: I think, it. I think the question just really comes down to, uh, probably, you know, it's it's a subjective question, so it depends on if you feel like the book is lacking from it, or the, the individual reader feels like it's lacking. Because I know that while I found those chapters in Red Dragon to be rich, I also found them like repulsive. Sure. Um, and I I I think I mentioned in our in our podcast like that I did not want to read. I didn't expect to be reading that. Gotcha. Yeah, you did. You very and, much did. And th- that wasn't really what I wanted to be reading. So, like, I don't know if I want to read stories where uh, I feel like I can rationalize the horrible, murderous behavior of psychopaths. Fair um, enough. And I feel like that's a little bit of what they were. he was doing in Red Dragon.
1: I think it is. And I think because of it, I'm not necessarily being forced to identify with the killer as much in this book, but also I don't need to be because the book's doing something else. Yeah. Okay. Like you
0: said, like, well, I think they're, they're very similar structures where, you know, we are getting a lot of, uh, we got a lot of dollar Hyde's perspective in the, in red dragon. We're getting a lot of James Gum's perspective in, in silence of the lambs. We got a lot of Will Graham's perspective in red dragon. We're getting a, we're getting a lot of, you know, Clarice's perspective in, in silence of the lambs. So structurally they're very similar. Sure. Um, I think red dragon felt like it had a a lot more mystery pieces falling into place. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like the pacing in that book was a little bit better. Mm -hmm. This one's fine, but I think it's, it's like they're expanding the universe more in this one to give a lot more time to Crawford and a lot more time to uh, Lecter, as opposed to the chief investigator and the villain. I think in that you're going to lose a lot of that villain's origin or that villain's perspective. But I'm I'm okay with that because I think we get enough of it. I think we get like we get enough of it in the present tense where you see him watching those videos. You see him like he he describes or you know you see the the way he sees the world through those scenes, um, constantly re- like referring to Catherine Baker Martin as the like the thing or it, mm-hmm. little stuff like that. So I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I just think it's. For me, since I, I don't think I can give an answer that's uh, declarative and all, all like always going to be the answer for everyone. But it's going to be subjective. Yeah, for me, I think it's it's uh, not. I don't feel like I'm. It's it's missing anything. For okay, not having that. Okay. Uh, um. Do you think that James Gunn has problems with people saying like with relationship to this character?
1: Very little. You think so? I feel like most people think of Ted Levine and his character as Buffalo Bill.
0: See, every time I read it, I have a hard time not saying James Gunn.
1: Interesting. Well, sure, but you're, you know, you're specifically focusing focusing on it and saying it. Yeah, it it just it, it feels more like a trip
0: than a focus, like it's like, ah, I keep I keep wanting to say James Gunn. <laughs> <and> not <laughs> Jame Gum, which is a dumber name. It um, is a dumb name. Anyway,
1: he even has a similar B. A similar B. Dumb gum.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. All right, um, you could say it's a gum name. I it, it would literally would be. Um, are you are you ready to move on to the next
1: chapter? <laughs> let's let's do which is chapter fifty four.
0: Is it? Oh, you're right. I skipped ahead.
1: Yeah, we All gotta right. take it to Stacy.
0: Starling has a seemingly unproductive and boring conversation with Frederica's best friend Stacy at Stacy's workplace. Starling requests a few leads on where Frederica shopped for plus sized clothes and then Starling called Washington for an info on the FBI raid on gum.
1: Do you have any notes about her conversation with Stacy?
0: No, it just felt a more it, it I just felt the frustration of of you you were impatient, yes, but I think that that was. I think that's reflective of Clarice's experience. Sure. I think sure. she's I'm not, impatient. I'm not to for it. I know. I'm saying it. I think it brings me closer to her experience, sure. which is that she's frustrated with these people and their banal answers. And they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're missing the fucking point of the questions and all of this shit that she has to deal with. And it's just so irritating to have, again, it's like, I, I don't want my entertainment to be irritating.
1: I, <laughs> I've read this a couple of times, so I was able to 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 take a step back, I think. Um, I was really enjoying, and maybe I was just trying to find something to to analyze, but I liked that Stacy's natural state uh, is numb to the world. Yeah. And she was constantly being distracted and constantly going off on little tensions and Starling had to keep it like, hey, hey, focus. Right, right. And in doing so, it kind of felt like, making her focus made her focus on the loss of Frederica and she was in tears by the end of it. right because she was because she had to actually feel and process a real emotion. I'm like, that's kind of a neat uh, angle on this.
0: Yeah that is really neat. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I, I noticed she cried, but like it, it, you're right. right. Like when when you detach from the emotions of something, and then suddenly you're asked to focus directly on them, it can be overwhelming. Yeah.
1: Well, especially since she was described as just being that flighty friend who really only ever kind of used Frederica. Right. She did actually care, because she's not paying attention to fucking anything. Right. She's she's distracted. Like, oh, are you you make good money in the FBI? You have to dress nicely. Maybe I could do that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, sure, I'll send you shit. Fucking answer my question.
0: Right. Right. Uh anything else on this one? Yeah. No. Okay, that brings us to
1: Chapter 55, Welcome to Chicago.
0: This chapter focuses on the SWAT team preparing to raid James Gum's home. I have an overall note. Okay. Which I've already gone over, but I'm doing it here again. <laughs> At this point, these chapters are so short and boring that I get the impression Harris is writing for the screen and not the page. This chapter and other recent chapters feel like a treatment instead of a book. Hmm. Huh not it's way more detailed than a treatment but my my point is still like kind of getting at what you were saying like it's deliberately there to set this pacing and to keep you jumping between these things but like sure. if i was just turning the page i think that would be successful and i am unfortunately ju- reading this from the perspective of someone who has to stops at every fucking chapter to write a sum- to to reflect and write a summary and maybe take notes which is really disruptive for this format uh apologies but that's the that's the big takeaway for these last couple of chapters for me because they're they're fine i again like in the that's the movie does such a good job transposing this into film mm-hmm. that like it, it just it feels like i would I, at this point i would I just I would just put the movie on and watch that last couple of scenes and the movie will end and the book will end but yeah. <clears throat> anyway uh do you have any notes in on this one Welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. All right. That brings us to chapter 56 Bill's preparations to kill Catherine are interrupted by Clarice expecting to find Frederica's old boss. Mrs. Lipton Lipman Clarice is initially unaware she's found her man until a death's head moth lands on Jane McGum's back while they're speaking and she suddenly knows it's him. A dramatic chase ensues where Clarice finds Catherine searching for gum in the darkness of his basement and eventually shooting him dead. It's the big... It's the big chapter. It's the, it's the big climax. Yep. That felt... It felt intense. It did feel intense. It, it totally felt intense. It felt... Again, it felt just like the movie. It felt good. It felt I mean, just like, like the movie. One of the good things about this, though, that like, I felt like was a little... It, again it felt just like the movie. The movie's so good, but like the one of the things I liked about this was Thomas Harris's in his characterization of of Catherine mm-hmm. being insane with relief and impatience. Like yeah. just going just not helping her situation. Right. By by being unable to control her emotions at the idea that she might almost be saved. Right. Um and I felt like that was Again, in some of the ways that he has this ability to be very tuned into what a real person would be thinking in this fake situation. Yes. So I, I that that was one of those standout moments for me. Um, I was confused. Uh, at, I, the only note I have in this chapter is just being confused. Uh, were we supposed to assume that uh, Miss Lipton Lipman was Gum's mom, or? Oh no, no. Okay. Because I don't. I, I, I think later there, they addressed a... what happened to hurt his mom, but like.
1: They, there's a line somewhere in one of these chapters, these short chapters, where he went on a trip with her to Florida, where she died. Lipman, right, right. Right, and left everything to him. Right. So she was just like an old woman that he kind of, you know,
0: swaggled. Yeah. yeah, but like, what did happen to his mom? Do we get that at any point? Like, I, I, It seems like she abandoned him, and then he went to live with his parents, but I don't know.
1: I don't know if there's anything else we ever hear from her. If there yeah. is, I missed it. No, I, I, think, I, I think she just abandoned him and went on to lead probably an unhappy life. Yeah. Because she could never get a TV or movie career going that she'd so dreamed of.
0: Yeah. But, you know, it, like it, a lot of things, uh, a lot of elements in this story, a lot of things like the night vision goggles come into play. Uh, the moths come into play. Clarice actually having to have a confrontation with a deadly criminal happens. And she's... But it, it, anyway, it all the things that have been building all happen at once. And it's, it's a great, it's a great chapter. Mm -hmm. Do you have any notes? Nope. Okay, good. Um, That brings us to
1: chapter 57.
0: Starling's picked up by Crawford and map at the airport and driven back to Quantico map helps Starling relax and promises her their success in taking out Buffalo bill will solve any potential issues in her academic career. Because as we've been as long told, as Sterling passes, yeah, her as tests. long as long, yeah, she she won't be recycled as long as she passes her test. She won't be recycled simply for missing classes. She right. will uh, all of her like all of the 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 like cases that the, the you know Senator Martin was upset with her and the other FBI people were upset with her for will be washed away because she's caught the bad guy and saved Catherine, save the girl, yeah, yeah. So like it's like it's it's a it, it's one of those things they haven't said it out loud yet, but it's like. You know, her career is essentially going to have been made before she graduates. And that's like, talk about, talk about graduating with honors. Like, that's Mm -hmm. a pretty crazy, impressive thing to have done. Yeah. And if it wasn't clear to the reader, Map is uh, uh, Clarice's roommate. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Closest thing she has to a best friend.
0: Yeah, and, and Map's a great character. She's super fun and, and, and like just the right kind of support that Clarice would obviously need at this time. Someone to make things not stressful and also be able to be like, look, I will help you cram on everything you're doing because you need that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I'm great at it. So it's, just, it was, it's heartwarming to see those characters interact. Do you have any notes? Nope. All right, that brings us to...
1: Chapter 57.
0: Jack and Clarice watched the morning news report on Catherine Baker Martin's rescue. Crawford advises Clarice on many things, including how to use Senator Martin to her advantage. Another reminder of her impending exams and how to prepare herself to be hunted by Lecter. So it's, again, it's more like a lot more, uh, falling action. I think, you know, yeah. like we, we we're just sort of wrapping up loose ends, like checking in with these different parts of the characters we've established already. Uh, you know, her exams are still looming. She's, we don't forget about Lecter, you know, these things are still, they're sort of just, like, settling. The the dust is settling here. Did you have any notes? Nope. All right, that me- brings us to... Chapter 58. More loose ends are tied up in this chapter. <laughs> Which Harris's chapter? <laughs> Harris spells out Gum's history, who he killed, when he killed them, where his life went, and how he ended up with his murder house. Meanwhile, Clarice deals with the media aftermath of her involvement with Dr. Lecter and Buffalo Bill, now called Mr. Hyde, but is coming to terms with herself and the new attention surrounding her. Again, I'm sorry for this, to to beat this dead horse, but my only note here is Harris really upends our format by reviewing a book chapter by chapter when they're short and character driven. (laughs) Cause it it just is like this one was a lot of exposition. Like this is the one chapter I would say relates back to your thing, your question about do do we, do we miss anything by not having these things explored from the first person perspective? Uh, Because in this way, it's sort of just like, it's that thing where you get hand, like it's that trope of, yeah, it's the info dump trope of like, Oh, uh, here's a news report that explains everything. Here's a, a briefing that explains everything, you know, something like that. And this felt like that so it's it's fine it 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 gets it gets to the point but it does make me wonder if there was missed opportunities for creative storytelling that were avoided by doing this element of his character this way Uh, i do think it would be kind of cool if there if that now that i'm thinking about it a little bit more it could have added a fun and unique perspective to the series of books like the 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 idea of like, oh, when you read a Thomas Harris, like Hannibal Lecter book, you're going to see like an empathetic perspective of a murderer and or a psychopathic murderer. And that's that could have been an interesting, like consistent like uh, exercise, mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen in this book, really. Like not not in the retrospective way where you see the elements that build a, a psychopath, which is what Red Dragon did. So anyway, it's a good note you had earlier. Do you have any notes in this chapter? I don't. Then let's move on to...
1: Chapter 59.
0: Shit, did I skip another one? No. No, that so. was chapter 59. The one I just no. Had. What? Yeah, 59 is... The loose ends are tied up. I thought that was 58. 58 should have been... Uh, Clarice and the Morning News.
1: What was 57? Oh... Right, drive home. Yes. Okay, then yes, I do have a note. Okay. <laughs> okay, so similar to kind of what we were just saying. And this one is always kind of, this This one has bugged me for maybe even as long as since I've seen the movie when I was like 12 or whatever. Does it play that Lecter actually met Jame Gum? Is it necessary and never sit quite well with me?
0: i think it is okay Uh, only i I thought this was interesting i'm glad you brought this up um because crawford comments that Lecter was playing everyone pretending that he's some sort of master behavioral psychologist that he can just predict who is doing what by the little information he's given like he's able to divine these like insights out of the little bit of information he's given about about the the victim instead he actually had a personal interaction with this person and he knew how to use his memory about how this person behaved and who this person was to his advantage to play with everybody around him and i think that that to me that establishes Lecter's like complete lack of giving a shit about anyone else around him okay that like like, it really sinks in, like, oh, this guy isn't a charming, helpful, like, you know, man in the iron mask. Like, he is he is a bad guy. Like, he right. could have easily told them exactly who this was because he had a personal reaction. But instead, he'd rather build his brand as a brilliant psychological mind and drag people along and put them through hell and put more people's lives at risk by not helping. Um I think that's important because, again, it t- it makes him less of a supervillain and more of just an asshole.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Did you have a perspective as to why you felt like it was actually detrimental? I feel
1: like, you know, that annoying, stupid argument about Raiders of the Lost Ark that it would have happened anyway without Indy's involvement? making the movie pointless.
0: Oh, like like the results of the movie would have happened anyway? Yeah,
1: it's something something like that. Which No, contend, I'm not familiar with that argument. It's it's a stupid it's from the Big Bang theory oh, where right. one character purportedly ruins the movie for Sheldon because they point out that Indiana Jones didn't need to be involved the movie would have just played out the same way, which I disagree with.
0: In the Raiders example or in this example? In the
1: Raiders example.
0: Uh, okay, would you like to explain why?
1: Sure, because I feel that if the movie happened as it happened, say they found the Ark, because they wouldn't have found it without Indy's involvement, because they were digging in the wrong place. If they did get it, uh, and they took it to the island, and had all their faces melt off, the last communique that Sub would have given would be to Nazi High Command, we're going to the secret island, and they would have followed up on it. And after two or three more subs showed up, they were like, oh, you know what? There's something going on here. But then they would have had the Ark in their power. So it wouldn't have happened the same way. Fuck you all. Once Indy and Marion got away, they immediately used the Nazi equipment to radio the Allies, and they got the Ark back to the U.S. So fucking different ending, okay? Fuck all y'all. However.
0: Take that, Chuck (laughs) Lorre.
1: However. In this instance, I feel like Lecter, the the amount of information he did impart, he is savvy enough to have just divined from what he read, did he need to have met Buffalo Bill? That's why I'm just still kind of like, it just feels overly coincidental.
0: Okay, so is your question, would he have needed to meet him to actually figure out who he was?
1: No, my question is, it, isn't it a little too neat and make it more like a story? And and it's just like eh, okay sure
0: no I mean for me again it, the neatness is important because it it it, it shows adds, how much of an asshole he is yes it adds okay. a, a lot more character to who Lecter is that's okay. more well rounded more duplicitous um, and I think that's worth remembering about him because I, I think again that that adds more to uh, the later chapters where it's or the next chapter even where it's like he.
1: He does it to amuse himself. No, it, it, oh.
0: yes, but 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 also that he, you you as the reader like Clarice should not convince yourself he's a friendly guy. Right. Like he he like he is a threat. He just because he didn't try to kill Clarice now doesn't mean he wouldn't. Right. And like you really can't trust him. And this is information that helps us like establish like oh yeah, he's a snake. Yeah. Don't
1: trust him. He is uh, a scorpion I, on the frog's back.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how else we could have got. I mean, I think it's just a clever way of adding that, sure. like that realization, as opposed to it's like, well, of course he's not trustworthy. He murders people, and it's like eh, that's okay, but that's boring. Don't you see how that's boring? Like it's boring <laughs> to have a predictable "don't trust the murderer" guy after spending as much time as we have getting to know him and feeling like maybe we can trust him. It's a lot more helpful to have a reveal that says, "No, he's." He's he's been, you know, tricking you. He's been mm-hmm. masquerading as a masterful uh, mastermind, behavioral psych, uh, ah. so behavioral. What, what do they call it in, in Hannibal? Um, profiler, a behavioral mm. profiler. So behavioral yeah.
1: science. So behavioral scientist, maybe.
0: Sure. Yeah. I remember they call them profilers. In- no,
1: they are profilers. But I thought the, the, the behavioral was behavioral science was the name of the department. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I think that it's a good it's a good note, and I think that that is important. All right, you done? Ready Dianne. for the next one? All right. What's the next one? Chapter sixty. Starling and Map discuss Clarice's vacation plans with the Bug Zoo professor slash doctor. And that's it. That is <laughs> yeah. what happens. Yep.
1: It's it's fun to see Starling excited about a very simple human interaction, though. Yeah. She can no, she can now she can now kick up her heels and, and be just a person for a while.
0: She deserves it. She does. But don't be um, all? Sure. Okay. Um, do you have any more notes on that one? No. Alright, that brings us to
1: Chapter sixty one.
0: In this the real final chapter, Lecter prepares himself to abscond to Rio. Before his departure, he writes letters to our principal cast, Barney, Doctor Chilton, and Clarice Starling. He wishes Clarice well and discourages her from seeking him out. Meanwhile, Clarice is sleeping with the bug zoo doctor and a bunch of dogs. Yep, yay! The end. <laughs> you like dogs? Uh, I love dogs. I thought that was a very cute, like, like way to end it. And I thought that that was like, the, there was elements in the way they were describing this vacation thing where it was like, yeah, his sister says there's more rooms than you'd ever need in this house they just have somewhere, and we can go I- visit. And and she was, I think she says something like. I mean, I guess this stuff really happens. Like it's some kind of comment like that where it's like it feels like like I was thinking about it like um, like let's say you have a friend Uh who has a who has a friend and that friend has a house that is empty. And then they're like, well, they're not using it. I'm sure I could organize it so that you could go stay there. And then like the the kind kind of thing that happens like like old Gothic novels. So I think that's what they're referencing. Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, but I think also it was showing Pilcher's kind of artlessness at like, hey, why don't we come, why don't you come spend the night? But there's plenty of room, so it's not like we have to sleep together. I'm not trying to oh, get yeah, you in yeah, the yeah. sack. Which is his way of trying to get her in the sack. It's like, it's like okay, dude, just no chill. I get it.
0: He he seems quite adept.
1: <laughs> I mean, it worked, but I'll it worked because you, she let it work.
0: His, his directness is exactly what she would prefer.
1: Sure. Very true. <laughs> Very true. But it's it's his she it's it's just like that smirking kind of I know what you're doing but I'm also into it yeah it's 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 cute is what I'm saying it's pretty cute it is pretty cute um
0: book overview
1: I like the book Mm -hmm. I like the story rather I like the character it introduces let's say that (laughs) the the character it introduced to me the characters it introduced to me Jesus I will get to the end of this eventually. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I. I mean, it's tough because we had such a big break, and it's also tough because it's such a familiar like that. The movie is so lean and so well uh, adapted mm-hmm. that it, it it is a it's a difficult book to read without feeling like I I know all this kind sure. of thing. But uh, it is like. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting read it's an interesting book like it's also one of the weirdest things about this book for me is we're trying to remember that it take when it takes place
1: mm-hmm.
0: like that it takes place again in like the early eighties or something like that
1: like, I think I'm gonna say safely eighty six eighty seven for the book
0: it still feels like a like a strangely long time ago yeah because it's written in with a very present mind Mm -hmm. like this is this book is written in the present but we're reading it 30 years after that right and it's it's hard to remember like there are little things in this that feel very anachronistic that are um wouldn't have felt anachronistic at the time right like like little things like paying with a check Like, Mm -hmm. there's a moment recently where, like, somebody gets a check, and I remember I was reading it and thinking, holy shit. Like, I think it's Lecter. Lecter pays with a check that he knows will bounce or knows will – the the check cashing process will take, like, five more days or something. So he's, like, calculating that in his escape plan. He's like, that'll give me time before they get suspicious to get X amount of ways away. And it just made me think, like, man, it must be really hard to be a horrible criminal now with so much surveillance and so much – tracking electronic and, and, payment sure yeah um or even having a cell phone like something as simple as that like, it, it's a it's a device that can be given the right circumstances completely tied to where you are physically anywhere
1: mm-hmm. in
0: terms of with law enforcement of course your comp your telephone company could find that out if they wanted to but like you'd have to get the right permissions sure. for, the, for law enforcement to get it anyway it's it's just like stuff like that was 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 sort of like jarring. and like, oh, wow. The world did used to be different. <laughs> it's, it's one of those books I'm glad to have finally read. That's another yeah. one for me. Like, you know, like there are so many books out there I haven't read where people will t- talk about reading them and they'll go, have you read this? And I'll go, well, I saw the movie. And they'll go, mm. and at least... At least I don't have to deal with that anymore. I can say, yes, I have read the book. Aren't those short chapters shitty? <laughs> well, and, again... And then, no, as no, I, I No, they're not. You're just a person who's looking at it from the wrong perspective.
1: As I've said for years and from the beginning of this, I do find the movie... This is a rare instance where the movie's better. Because it's yeah. so tight, it takes everything loose about the book and tightens it up.
0: Yeah. I think that that's fair to say for, I think, most of our, most of our books that we've read on this show is that the book's are, I think, for the most part better than the movies, but not here. I don't I agree yeah. with you. The movie here is so perfect.
1: Right. It's not it's not even really a knock against the book. It's just the movie is exceptional.
0: Yeah, it's like how the Princess Bride movie is so fucking perfect. Oh yeah, that, you don't like, want to read that book. <laughs> I don't want to read the book. Like the 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 Yeah, like I'm sure there are other book other instances where this will be the case, like where the movies will be far superior to the books. Mm-hmm. But like this is a really noteworthy one mm-hmm. um like i don't know uh I'm trying to think of other stuff we've read like the harry potter books i feel like for the most part like the movies are fine but they do they do skip a lot they leave
1: out so much and leave those threads dangling that's yes. the biggest crime I yes think. yes a couple lines of dialogue would tie a lot of those off or they've promised payoff in other movies and they never got around to delivering it that right it's just you're like I, sure i it's visually a treat if you're a kid, I guess, but there's a lot, so much missing.
0: Yeah, you just have to turn off your brain that knows about all the other things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I think just again going back to stuff we've actually read on our show, I mean, as far as I know, there haven't been any Dritz movies, and Tarzan is so different than any movie that I feel like has been made about him that the book itself has its own special like things. No, I don't I don't think we had I really don't think we've had one that I can say the Jurassic Park? Oh, that's a good point. Um
1: I would argue there's a lot of similar the books looser in ways that the movie tightened up. At the least the book is just angle. also
0: like so dramatically different in in so many ways too, True. where it's like uh the the fights are different, like the 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 interactions with different dinosaurs are, are different, like the T Rex chase through the lake is is not even in the movie. Like, true. There's, there's
1: certainly no um, book to movie similarity where the movie is better that we've read.
0: No, no, because because that this one is so so true to the source material, and it just is like so much easier to consume, and it doesn't miss anything. Right. Like it 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 just really nails it um jurassic park like i think the adaptation's probably more enjoyable to watch as a film than to read because mm-hmm. there's so many weird things in the book that like just take a long time to get around like the the, the dodgson stuff is is uh informative but it's also like slower or like mm-hmm. where, where there's that thing at the end where there's somehow an underground raptor hatch or clutch right right um where it feels like what what why is that happening or that, like, Malcolm dies, but then comes back. Like, I, I think I can say I actually like the Lost World book better than the movie. But mostly that's because of Malcolm's crazy, like, break the fourth wall and look at the audience and go, this is a... I am lightning bolting some truth bombs into your brain space. <laughs> like, this is how the world works. It's fucked up. Like, deal with it. And then it go you know, back into a dinosaur story. But, like, there's, like, every once in a while you get those, the, like, it feels like... You know, Michael Crichton staring at me like into my soul and being like, "Here is here is truth in in the world. It is pure. It is like it is hard to consume, but here it is." And and I like that a lot. And that's not in the fucking movie, right? So anyway, um, yeah, it's a it stands alone, I think, as a a piece of fiction in in that in that way. Well, so far, at least in our like you know background. Booker, I I don't have any new words, do you? I have one. Okay, so that that sounds like it's a new word alert.
1: alert. Hit me. Okay. Here we go.
0: Orvieto. What? Orvieto. Porvieto?
1: I'm going to say they're butchering it. Orvieto. I have no idea. Okay. Um, During Clarice's uh, interview of Frederica Bemel's father, he's working on pigeon coops. Yes. It's a city of pigeon coops. Oh. And they refer to an Orvieto of pigeon coops.
0: Did I actually look that up and just forget that I had words? Because I feel like I would have had to have looked that up. Continue.
1: Orvieto is a small city perched on a rock cliff in Umbria, Italy. And they're just, I think he was just trying to describe how this one particular pigeon coop rose dramatically above the rest because the city rises dramatically above an almost vertical faces of tough cliffs that are completed by defensive walls built of the same stone. So it was just a, it was a cool visual because Thomas Harris does love him some Italy, mm-hmm. but I was just like Orvieto of pigeon coops. What the hell is that? Without any frame of reference. Um, so I had to look that up. It was, it was, it was, it was just a weird thing. I'm like, Oh, okay. Orvieto. Got it.
0: Um, yeah, I, uh, that did not strike me as, uh, I I don't know why, how I missed that word, but I'd certainly missed that word.
1: Part of it, I think because it's a proper noun it was capitalized in the middle of the sentence and I'm like, what the fuck's going on here?
0: <laughs> Cause it is a city of birds.
1: Right, but it's not like it's the Florence or the Pisa or the, even the France or the Eiffel Tower of it was a, it was a right. weird esoteric one. I had to look up. I don't know, maybe Orvieto played better in '87.
0: Well, there's even things like the I forget what it is now, but the the word for the room with the hole in the middle of it. Where he Oubliette. definitely ubliet. Yes, he definitely ubliet. Oub- Ublie. Ublie. Where he definitely like uses those words, mm-hmm. but well, Oubliette we
1: all know from Labyrinth. Of course,
0: talked. we all love Labyrinth and have seen it, and um, know everything in the world because of it. Yeah, that's true. That's we've all seen true.
1: Labyrinth,
0: mm-hmm. right, Doug? Yep. Yep. Uh, anybody worth their salt has seen, um,
1: Labyrinth. Well, maybe someone's not worth their salt. Maybe someone's just a bunch of water and carbon. Saltless piece of shit. Hey! <laughs> I, I've got salt. I've got true grit. You wanted a spit take there and you almost got one. I I, I
0: try every once in a while. <laughs> I try to I try to time it for when, when I know you're gonna have have gotten water. Yep. Um Okay. What next? <laughs> I don't feel like we came to a decision on what we're doing next.
1: I think we should probably finish this. You think so? Series. We're here. We're near to Hannibal. Get used to it. Okay. Uh, I've got it. Do you have it? I don't have it. Uh,
0: Someone told me they would buy it for me is what they said. Did someone? Someone did.
1: Shit, someone needs to go to the bookstore. Uh, Someone will.
0: I would recommend the...
1: G- used bookstore. a bookstore very yeah, near my house. But,
0: yes, I would recommend that.
1: Yeah, i would be my first stop.
0: It's okay. I don't know. I don't have any information for the next episode, however, because I that, don't have
1: the book. That will be that will be interesting. Uh, just because I feel like I read it at a time in my life where I was predisposed to like it, but a lot of people don't. Mm. Although I know a lot of Brian Fuller took a lot of it, a lot from it for the show. But it is definitely a polarizing book.
0: Oh wow! Okay, well,
1: I don't mean, want oversell it, but uh, there are reasons Jodie Foster didn't come back.
0: Oh, so wow. I'll be uh, interested to see what you think. I am interested. Okay, yeah, let's uh, let's do this. You that. have so or have
1: not seen the movie?
0: Have not. This is okay. one of those rare times where I I only know of the film. This is right. what I know. Uh, Julianne Moore, mm-hmm. Ray of brain eating. Mm-hmm. That's it.
1: Okay. So they'll definitely you know some of it from the show, but again some of it is vastly different. Yeah. So sure. it'll, be, it'll be very interesting.
0: All right. Well, uh next time we'll read something about that book. <laughs> um stay tuned. Okay. All right. Uh that was Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at patreon/deathreaders and please discuss us extensively on Reddit. Welcome to Death Readers. I'm <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> energy, energy. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: uh. Sorry, sorry. Here we go. Yell about it. I, I liked all that little stuff. Do you want to just take care of your little thing? I'm now? almost done right now. i huh. I'm, I'm almost done. Yeah
0: i'm trying to te- i'm trying to take care of it now so that it won't be buzzing much longer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. look i've look, got a do not disturb look, feature on my phone here's the thing here's okay. the thing yeah the person has yeah. a hundred dollar lego set they're willing to sell me for 50 sure so so like I, do i really need this lego set no rob i really don't but would i pay, pay 50 for it i like good deals rob